Step 3. Trust. Week 1, Day 2. God will provide a way. The opening prayer for this lesson is, God, help me to understand why heaven is a gift from you. Show me how you have provided for me. Many of us try to be good enough to meet the requirements to advance to the next life. We do good things to overcome the bad things in an attempt to make ourselves acceptable to God. But when we try to determine what is good enough on our own without listening to what God says is acceptable, we are doing what Adam and Eve did. The Bible says you cannot earn eternal life with God. Eternal life is a gift, so it must be free. You cannot make up for your sins. Your good deeds will never be enough to overcome your bad ones. Ephesians 2 verses 8 to 9 says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. To understand why you cannot overcome your sin, recall what you learned about God's nature in step 2. God is holy, absolute moral perfection. His nature and all of His ways are perfect. His moral standard is perfection. His holy wrath and punishment for sin, anything less than perfection, are absolute. Since God accounts for sin perfectly, death is the absolute payment that covers sin. Hebrews 9 verse 22 says, Indeed, under the law almost everything is purified with blood, and without the shedding of blood there is no forgiveness of sins. No human meets God's perfect standard. Romans 3 verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Take time to answer this question. Question 1. How does it feel to know that there is no forgiveness of sins from God without the shedding of blood? Israel's history with God is an example of how trying to be good enough for a holy God can easily trap all of us. When God saw humanity trying to decide good and evil for ourselves, He wanted to protect us from sinful choices. Through a prophet named Moses, God gave the nation of Israel laws to live by. The laws would protect Israel, help them grow, and to stand out from other nations. When Israel followed God's counsel, others would be drawn to God. God also told Israel to create a sacrificial system. The sacrifices would remind the people of their need for Him. Sacrifices were a picture of the great cost of sin, death, and God's great mercy. The sacrifices did not save people, but were a reminder to turn from sin and to have faith that God would provide a substitute to atone for the cost of their sin. Atonement is defined as satisfaction for a wrong or injury, amends. Reconciliation of God and humankind. Leviticus 17 verse 11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls. For it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. However, over time, Israel began to treat the laws and sacrifices differently. They were no longer seen as reminders of God's protection, mercy, and provision but rather became religious routines or rituals performed to balance out sin. The Israelites began to think that they could make themselves acceptable to God. 
They measured godliness by their own ability to keep laws and perform rituals. They became self-righteous. But the laws and sacrifices were in place to lead people back to God. They pointed toward the need for greater sacrifice, a perfect, eternal sacrifice to meet God's holy standard. Hebrews 10 verse 1 says, The law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities. It can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Hebrews 10 verse 11 says, And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. Rituals without a heart to love and trust God will not remove sin or make us righteous. God loves us deeply and has always desired our hearts. Psalm 51 verses 16 to 17 says, For you will not delight in sacrifice, or I would give it. You will not be pleased with a burnt offering. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. Continue to take time to answer these questions. Question 2. What ways have you tried to make up for sin on your own? Question 3. Describe a time when you used rituals to make up for sin, but you were not ready to stop the sinful behavior. In step 1, you learned that no one naturally seeks God. We all have inherited a sinful nature and naturally seek things other than God. Jeremiah 17 verses 9 to 10 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? I, the Lord, search the heart and test the mind. In step two, you learn that God's standard is absolute moral perfection. Matthew 5 verse 48 says, You therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. If we are all sinners, imperfect, and God's standard is holy, perfect, then eternal life with God is impossible to achieve. Eternal life must be a gift from Him. God would have to do two things for you that you cannot do on your own in order to recover you. First, God would have to provide the perfect payment to cover the great price of your sin, so you could experience His absolute goodness. And second, God would have to change your sinful nature and give you new desires to seek and follow Him. The prophets predicted that God, indeed, would make a way for your recovery. God would pay for your sin and then write His law on your heart. God would rescue you because of His love for you. Isaiah 53 verses 4 to 6 and 11, which was written 700 years before Christ, says, Surely, he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Out of the anguish of his soul, he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. Jeremiah 31 verses 33 to 34 
which was written 590 years before Christ, says, I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall all know me, from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. God promised a way for you to be restored to him long before Christ was on earth. He promised a ransom for the cost of your sin. Ransom is defined as to redeem a prisoner, slave, or kidnapped person for a price. A means of rescue from punishment, especially by paying the fine of an offender. He promised a new heart and mind to know him if you turn to him. He promised to forget your sins and bring everlasting joy if you respond to him. God is not interested in rituals. He is on a rescue mission for your heart. Continue to take time to answer these questions. Question 4. Do you believe that God thinks you are worth redeeming? Why or why not? Question 5. If God is pursuing your heart, is there anything standing in the way of you fully giving it to Him? List anything that comes to mind. The closing prayer for this lesson is, God, will you open my heart and will to you? Now it's time to take action. Encourage a recovery partner today. <music>